This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to episode 10 of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan, hence TR. And it's been, uh, well, it's been a slow week, obviously, for everybody, right? We're all going through the same thing. I wish everybody the best. I know that sounds rather generic because everybody's not going to make out perfectly. But uh, watch yourselves, you know. It's not an easy time for anybody, really. Um, I'm sure there are exceptions, but in, in, in the history of, you know, our, in the history of human civilization, I'm sure this has happened a few times, but not many in recent years, nothing like this, right? But really, for the most of us, for most of us, the sacrifice is just staying in and not being social. And, and of course, not working. I'm just going to skip over that economic stuff. But, and I'm not here to put a damper on things. I'm assuming you tune into things like this to forget about it. I'm just saying, you know, when we think, because every day, you know, at the beginning, people are like, oh, I'm going to stay in. And yeah, we got a Netflix party and this will be okay. But now you're starting to see it right a couple weeks in. and. People are starting to crack for, for good reason. I'm totally, it's understandable. I just mean, we're in this for a long time. It's still pretty much the beginning, at least if you want to hear, listen to the scientists and doctors and whoever. But, you know, we, uh, yeah, we just got to do it together. Imagine, imagine when the Black Plague did this like 700 years ago, when it roared through the earth and, and no one really knew. People didn't know. They literally based it on goblins and gods and fairies. They, they didn't realize if you drank out of the same cup, for example, amongst other things, that you might get sick as well, spreading a, a, a disease. Now we, we, we have the facts. Right? We have the facts. We know, we know. So, yes, it's a real big inconvenience. And even worse, there's people actually dying. Well, we can prevent it. You stay in, and well, we can't prevent it altogether. I just mean you. You can make a personal decision to be at very low risk, and I believe that's what most people are doing. I'm merely saying, you know, our sacrifice is having to stay in. There's never been a generation that's been more comfortable or, or been more suited to deal with something like this than we are now. I hope I'm not being too naive saying that, but in most ways it seems that, you know, I'm inside talking into a microphone, just got out of a bathtub, listen to the Beatles, cook my favorite meal. It, it could be worse. My, my grandfather lost his arm in the war. It could be worse. Right? My good friend BJ Young, six feet under, it could be worse. Lots of friends, but I'm just using that example. But, <laughs> so how's that? How's that for uh, some negativity off the hop? Anyway, that's not where I wanted to go. I wanted to say... You know, I got to reiterate to myself sometimes as well that this is a crazy time we're going through, but we really are, we're well prepared if any generation has ever been prepared. You know, we, we can do this. The NHL shut down. Okay, there's no Major League Baseball. Can't go to a movie. Yada, yada, yada. But uh, we have to stick together. That being said, uh, today's show is a positive one, if you can believe it. Uh, I got my buddy, Steve Kylie coming on. So Steve is a member of the band Monster Truck. I had him on to tell his story on, on the previous 
podcasts I worked on, Third Man In, which is pretty much all of 2019. And But Steve, we got to know each other last year, and he's, uh, he's a hockey fan. And when he approached me, he didn't even mention music, to be honest with you. Uh, and uh, just he'd never been to Newfoundland, and they just happened to play back-to-back months last summer, August and September, including the uh, Iceberg Alley, just incredible venue that we have now every September. We, goes on the, it's on the go for a week or two. Some great events. My favorite this past uh, year was Everclear. Really enjoyed that. There was a lot of good bands. I'm not going to get into all of them. But yeah, and that's I got to meet Steve last summer. He came into the basement and and had a chat with my father and I. Those that know us know that we uh, you know we love hockey and music. So does Steve. And Dad's never, seniors never uh, stuck for words, and they had a great conversation. Steve's got a really interesting story. He grew up in Hamilton, and well, you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it. It's got some incredible stories about playing with some incredible bands all over the world. And I like to, you know, I pick his brain every week or two. We're at each other, you know, we have a chat or how you doing. Or I'm always really impressed by the reach that Monster Truck is. It's a, it's a band at first when I, Monster Truck, I don't really know them. And then I heard four or five songs. I was like, oh, I know all of these. And their song, The Enforcer, actually, all Leafs fans, even if you're not a Leafs fan, you live in Canada, it's hard not to hear that being pumped out after they score. Uh, yeah, The Enforcers, their goal song in recent years. So yeah, that'll be great. And today I'm going to cut the uh, length of the pod down a little bit for various reasons. But uh, so actually in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to get right into it. And I, I didn't know what to talk about. And where I'm doing two of these a week, I had a bunch of stuff that I, I got written down here that I was going to talk about. But I think I'm going to save it. Uh, because again, yeah, we, we, just what I was saying when we opened, you know, this this coronavirus, it's absolutely intriguing it's interesting it fascinates me uh but not in in a positive way so (laughs) i don't want to harp on it i want to talk about something that can take our mind off this stuff this isolation Uh, so staying on the theme of music being that uh steve's about to come on i'll tell him I'll, i'll tell a quick music story i suppose and those that tune in regularly know that I usually focus on a song or a band. This is this is a story that happened to me, so uh, to us. So, about five, six, max six years ago, we're at Salmon Fest. The Salmon Fest is uh, it's no longer on the go. I, I believe they'll resurrect it, but for uh, thirty years, it was a concert in the middle of Grand Falls or the middle of Newfoundland in a town called Grand Falls, my dad's hometown. So I was born in 77, and every year we would go into Grand Falls anyway because it's my relatives. But in 88, uh, they started the Salmon Fest, and it was the Beach Boys. So, God, I remember thinking they were so old. Boys are probably 40-odd, what I am now. But they played, and John Stamos actually played with them. (laughs) He was playing drums. So it was a great memory for me. And and at that time in 88, I just figured, you know, this is the Beach Boys live. But – it, it was the beginnings of the Salmon Festival. So for years, Salmon Fest, in the 90s, you know, bands like Our Lady Peace and Great Big Sea, Crash Test Dummies, Nelly Furtado, I can go on. And then in recent years, they had the Eagles in, in I believe, 16, Aerosmith, Kiss. So, oh, I, I, those were probably the three biggest. But, I mean, every year you'd have some, I mean, Nelly Furtado, I guess some would probably consider as big, not me, but some people would. Um, yeah, I got Blue Rodeo 10 times if they played once, tragically hip. There's just, it was always a packed, right? 30,000 people type thing in the middle of the summer. So in 2014 or 15, one of it, um, I guess I could have looked this up, you know, I'm telling a story. It's completely irrelevant what year it was. Um, we went out early, like I always do. So say the concert's usually on a Saturday. People party on the Friday, but we went out on Wednesday or Thursday. We always would. And this was me, my now ex-wife, but still great friend, Danielle, my father, and Mike Tuck. Now, Mike Tuck is my cousin. He's a wingnut, too, from Grand Falls. Uh, he's 
I, when I say wing nut, you know, I love him. He's just, he's like all of us, I suppose. We're all a little, uh, the Ryan slash Tuck clan in Grand Falls are a little quirky to say the least. So Michael was with us. And anyway, so we're at, we went out to go to this bar at the Mount Payton. My grandfather, for those that spent any time at the Mount Payton from the last 30 years, there was a restaurant called Clem's or 40 years, I guess, Clem's. It was Clem's Dining Room. Well, Clem was my dad's father. I told you my, my parents, my, my father didn't grow up with a lot of money, but they were good people. And that was, the his mother didn't work and his father, Clem, was a waiter. So, but he was a great waiter and he wore a, a tux to work every day, right? He just, this guy was salt of the earth, as they say here. And so we would always go out early and we'd have like a bite to eat at, at Clem's. It's now gone. I think the last couple of years they've changed it to something else and time passes. I'm not upset. That's, that's the way things go. It was a nice memory. Um, but we got early and we, we would have a meal at Clem's and then we would go for a beer. So there must have been all of 10 people in the bar because again, it's Grand Falls, which is a town of about 10,000 people two or three days before the Salmon Fest. And let's just say Thursday. Let's just say Thursday, right? And then Friday is kind of a party at Redcliffe where they have the tents and there's a thing at the stadium and then Saturday is the concert. Well, this, for whatever reason, we, we were in the bar and we didn't notice it, but there were people already coming into town and packing up. And a lot of times the bands come in early not this early. So we didn't go to the bar thinking that we were going to meet anybody in the bands. We went there just to have a beer. We see a couple of roadies coming in and out and, you know, they're having a beer, understandable. And then I'm looking over and I say, you know, that looks like Uncle Cracker and he's playing here. I mean, you know, let's go over a little bit closer. So, you know, we go over and order a shooter, me and Mike and Danielle and, and my dad are just behind us at the table and dad's loving it because dad is all, dad really likes uh, Uncle Cracker for real. Um, not, not that there would any, be any reason not to like Uncle Cracker. I do too. But, you know, dad at the time was only a few years. Dad's sick in, in his early 60s. Uh, so I didn't really expect him to know so much. And he says, yeah, yeah, his name is Matty Schaefer is his real name. And he's from right around Detroit where I played. Because, see, my dad played in Kalamazoo, Michigan in, in the minors. So dad's going, I want to go talk to him. And I'm thinking... I guess no reason not to, but you know, I gotta get some liquid courage. So I go back over, I get a couple beers in me. And before I could go over and introduce myself to Uncle Cracker, Senior, but Senior's my father, obviously, Senior goes over there and starts it off and says, Hey, I played pro hockey in Kalamazoo. And Cracker says, Hey, I'm right in now pro hockey. My favorite player, I think he said, was Steve Eisenman. And I go a lot of the games. Kid Rock goes to, and he called him Bob. That's his name, Bob Ritchie. So Bobby goes to a lot of games, and I, I'm, I'm a fan. I said, well, I got a friend playing there now. I have Danny Cleary. And he knew Danny's stats. He was great about it. And everything. he says, okay. So he's, he says, well, if you really didn't, Dad's over there bragging me up, right? Dad says, oh, Terry played for the Montreal Canadiens and first-round pick, but he doesn't elaborate on you know how many. That I, I was a disappointment that played eight games, not 800. But it didn't matter. So he, dad's just bragging me up and God love him for it. And then, you know, he's talking about his own career and Cracker's pretty interested. So Cracker says, well, if you did, he said, if you did, if these stories are true, there must be something on the internet, something on YouTube. And now I'm loving it because when I played in the minors in, in Montreal, it was Fredericton Canadians, but we had the same outfit. We had the same Jersey, the same color scheme. It was the same. It was the same uniform, which isn't always the case. I've always said, how great it is that that was the case. And then in the next year, I played for the St. John's Maple Leafs. Same thing with Toronto, right? You're wearing the Toronto Maple Leafs uniform, which is not the case, say, when it was the Hamilton Bulldogs. And they were the affiliate of the Canadians, right? With a big bulldog on there. It's, it's still an affiliate team. It's just, to me, I liked wearing the actual colors of the big team. But what's great about that is that, so when I'm on the internet and, and he's Googling fights or goals or whatever it might be, or, you know, the... AHL highlights look like NHL highlights because I'm wearing the Montreal Canadiens jersey. So he's looking. And again, not that I couldn't have pointed him towards some, but A, I, I didn't know what to say to Uncle Cracker. And B, I, I'm kind of mesmerized. And at a time where I guess I should have been on my game, I, I was a little bit off my game. So anyway, he looks at one of the fights on there. 
And it's like, oh, no way. And then we get talking, and they, it actually brings up Tidomi. And I'm like, well, I did fight Tidomi a couple times. It's a story in my book. And then he's saying, what book? Well, with that, I told him a couple of stories, and he invites us up to his room. No joke. So Uncle Cracker, who's set to play um, the next night or the night after, whenever it would have been. <clears throat> Again, the timing, I can't really remember, but the story happened. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know it was late and we went up to the room to his room and he, you know, he had some rum there and then some beers and we broke it out and we're telling stories and he had some unbelievable stories about meeting some uh, unbelievable people, not just musicians. And then Robin Zomner walks in the door, the, uh, Oh God, cheap trick. Right. So he's with cheap trick. My dad is a huge fan. So he comes in like midway through this. I don't know how they knew each other. I'm assuming, one opened up for the other at some point, and they have a great chat. So dad's loving this. I'm, I go over with Mike. Danielle and I and Mike go down, get a, a drink downstairs and kind of meet some friends. We don't want to invite them into Cracker's room, but they're down there waiting for us. So we got to go down and kind of say hi. So we get back up in Cracker's room, and dad is nowhere to be found. And this might have been two hours later. So now they're all having fun. And Cracker's just dying at senior. And, but anyway, he didn't come out for like 10 minutes. So I thought he walked down to his mom's place. His mom was alive then, my, my grandmother. And <clears throat> she passed away a couple years ago. Great person. And uh, so, Marie, so senior, I, we don't know where he is, but Cracker goes in the bathroom. He comes out and he says, Terry, you, you got to get your old man out of here. So <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so dad is asleep. In Uncle Cracker's bed, he's the, the, the room we're in, and we go up to Cracker's suite, so it's like three rooms kind of adjoined, or at least in two rooms, at least two bedrooms and a little room combined or adjoined by bathroom in the middle. So anyway, we go over there, and Senior's passed out. He's got his shirt off, too, so I don't know what to be doing. I'm like, okay, and we got to get going. It's like 3, 4 in the morning. Like it's getting... It's getting to the witching hour. Like, we got to be out of there. And we're out there for Salmon Fest. And I don't want to have a two-day, three-day hangover. Because any if I have one more beer and stay up one more minute, that's what's going to happen. So anyway, we can't get him out of there, though. So I'm like, Cracker, I'd love to, but I can't. And I said, you got three or four beds here. I know we just met, but please do me a favor. I'll come back and get them. And sure enough, that's what happened. We went down to Nan's and slept for maybe three, four hours. As soon as I woke up to pee, I... Um, as soon as that happened, I, I knew it. I, I, I couldn't. It was on my mind. So I went back up to the Mount Payton, knocked on the door, whatever, crackers slid out or opened the door, got back in bed. And I went over and got dad, shook him four or five times. He got up, he tossed on the shirt, and we stopped for breakfast on the way home. Man, it was wild. What a night. And anyway, when, uh, when we did catch up, I ended up tracking down Mike Atkins, who's who plays in Cracker's band. He's a great guy. And we, we keep in touch on Twitter here and there. And anyway, Mike says, yeah, Cracker's going to tell the story. So sure enough, we went. We had uh, tickets from Jeremy Hart Labatt's. Thanks a lot. My buddy J-Rock, Jeremy Hart from, from Grand Falls. Uh, we grew up together. He, uh, he got us the tickets and got us VIP. So anyway, we slid right into VIP. We're looking up and Cracker caught him. Now there's there's, it's in the process of filling up to 30,000 people. So it just so happened that we, we ended up being right in front of them. I mean, it, it's not like, like that was a bit of a fluke, actually, that we saw him at the concert. But when we did, he looked down and he told the story. He said, people, have you ever had a hangover that lasts a long time? Well, I met some good friends a couple nights ago. And then he looked over, gave the peace sign to Senior. Senior raised his beer and chugged it back as the sun was going down on a late July day, about 35 degrees in the summer in Grand Falls. I'll never forget it. What a time. But anyway, that's that. Um, that's that. When it's funny, because I often tell that story on stage, and when I do, there's, there's murmurs, or I won't say laughs, but the, the odd reaction. It's uh, always different to tell them on here. Feels like I'm talking to the cat. Well, it's exactly what I'm doing, talking to the cat. Princess! Princess has had... She's on a streak. She's on a streak, man. She eats some lot. Growing kitty. She's had about, I'd say, five, six meals a day. I know what you're saying now. I, maybe I don't have to feed her. Look, I don't know much about cats. It's all good. I try to be healthy with it. But if she's going to meow and meow and meow at three in the morning, I'm feeding her. That's just it. So anyway, 
she meows, I feed her. She meows like six times a day and I'm filling up the bowl and she's eating it. So either she's going to be a fat cat or a big cat or whatever. She'll be a healthy cat though. Okay, for some ad reads. Today's show brought to you by NL Ice Dogs. Wally Bray, Scotty Bray. I do some work at the school, local hockey school here in town. And uh, generally, all the parents seem to have nothing but good to say. Newfoundland Ice Dogs camps are, well, I was going to read out the times of the camps, but that doesn't matter now, does it? Because it was next month. <clears throat> but keep an eye out for NL Ice Dogs in the future. Penny Posh, Penny Posh Women's Wear Reimagined. Remember now, that's my ex-wife's company. Uh, she's selling hoodies in particular right now that are just awesome quality. $129.99 on sale for $69.99. The COVID-19 uh, clearance sale, for lack of a better word. And should you order one, I will throw in a signed picture, a signed card, and my dad will sign, throw in a signed card. Thank you very much. We've sold nine or ten so far, and I encourage you guys to give me your feedback, and I'll post it. I'm very confident. I'm not just trying to do a favor for my uh, for the wife of my daughter. And like I said, Danielle and I are split up, but we're great friends. I don't need to dance around it. That's the way it is. She's got a great product. Uh, if you order it, I'll throw in a card and a picture. Wedgwood Cafe, corporate catering done right. 726-1860 for all your corporate catering needs. Call Peter Wedgwood now. Again, <laughs> asterisk, probably not now, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. All these uh, unfortunate ads at this particular time. Well, all these great ads at this unfortunate time. How about that? Coolhockey.com. Visit coolhockey.com and type in promo code THPN for a discount on anything. Well, there you go. There's something you can do right away. Discount on anything, too. Now, I don't go to coolhockey.com much. I've gotten a couple of jerseys from there. But uh, anything, check it out. And if you'd like to visit Patreon, uh, we are at patreon.com slash the Hockey Podcast Network. Folks, thanks a lot for tuning in, and we are, we'll be right back with one of my favorite people, Steve Kiley. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is the drummer for the hard rocking outfit Monster Truck out of Hamilton, Ontario. They've had much commercial success with hits such as The Enforcer, Seven Seas Blues, and Righteous Smoke, the latter two being featured in the EA Sports series NHL 13 and 17, respectively. Leaf fans might recognize The Enforcer as the Toronto Maple Leafs' goal song in recent years. This gentleman is a dynamite drummer, a righteous rocker, a pumped-up performer, a fabulous friend. He'll knock you out and then rock you out. He knows a guy named Cyrus, but doesn't have the virus. He likes the band Queen and doesn't have COVID-19. He doesn't need assistance when it comes to social distance. Last thing I'll add, he visited the basement with my dad. I always thought highly of our next guest, Stephen Kiley. How the hell are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, Terry. How are you doing? Well, considering, you know, um, yeah, I've got to yeah. be honest, uh, even though I could be doing better, I know the way a lot of people must have it, and I, I consider myself a little bit fortunate um, to at least be healthy and uh, to be able to wait this thing out entertained and healthy. Uh, you know, you can't really ask for much else in times like this. How about you? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, um, you just kind of got to make the best of it, right? I mean, I, I have my health and my family has their health and we're, we're together. So, I mean, you can't really ask for much more in a time like this, you know? Yeah, and you know, from your perspective, I wonder, you know, even though I'm only playing senior hockey, like there's a level of, and you know, I do some stand-up and public speaking, and you know, you guys are performing. I never really thought about it like that, but it's one thing not to be able to go to work, but again, you more than me now, but at points in my life and still from time to time, my work is in the middle of it being the centerpiece in a gathering. So yeah. It's not almost like a, I'm. I'm saying that from the point of view, not not a, of a financial hit. You know, everybody's going to take a financial hit, but I find my way of life is a, like a, I was social without even really trying to be because of the very nature of my work was to meet people. 
You know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's been something I've been really thinking about lately. Uh, how how reliant you know my job is on big crowds of people gathering together. You know, that's uh, that's a huge part of the job, and uh, you know, it really makes you think. Um, what's what's going to be different when uh, when this is all over? You know, are are you know it could go one of two ways. You know, people could be so excited to get back to the to that kind of thing or people could be scared to get back to that kind of thing you know and yeah it's 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 a it's a really interesting time and yeah that's an interesting point about about you know my job in particular and that i just don't know how it's going to go you know yeah i mean it's yeah uh, for from so many reasons not just the playing in front of people but you guys are big all over the world but i mean in europe and there's the travel there's just when are you going to be able to get on a plane well yeah um, that, that yeah world travel <laughs> as well like when i don't know when you know international travel is going to open up we've already had stuff canceled and yeah i mean it's it's a uh, it's a hot topic <laughs> well you know if if you're it could be worse right it could be worse it, it's it's a shocking time for our culture at this particular time in history but nobody else has been better equipped to deal with it. So, you know, if, if it yeah, means I have to do a few extra podcasts and, uh, you know, wait a few months. Yeah, you know, it, it's really sparking a lot of uh, these cool online interactions, you know, like this. And, and you see people reaching out and talking to people. I think people miss seeing other people and they want to stay in touch and stay connected. And it's really, uh, but now we have the the social media means to to do that a lot easier than in history, and uh, people are are turning to that a lot to stay connected. Well, yeah, and I always find in whenever there's any adversity, there's always some creativity that comes out of it. I've said it, it could be folk tales where back in the day, you know, you couldn't really come out and say, you know, I don't like the king in any way or the royal, but, but you could make up a story like Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, Bruce Springsteen, every second album there for a while, The Rising, was some sort of um, pushback, uh, you know, kind of album. It's it's not always at wartime, but it, often it is. And this feels like wartime. I, I feel, I mean that in the, in the sense of, you know, the uncertainty and the melancholy kind of in the air. It's, it's palpable at times. But all this inspiration, you know, people are driven to go to Facebook and do their Facebook lives and there's songwriters now writing songs and there's poets writing poetry and there's painters, you know, creating a, a masterpiece. So for me, you know, you never really want things like this to happen, but if there's a positive, I do believe art will come out of it. No, it's, it's, there's been some really cool things I've seen even in Hamilton already. Like there's a, uh, an artist in town named Jimmy Vapid who um, he wrote uh, like, 20 songs and and recorded them in his house in one day or one or two days like just the music and then he sent those songs out to 20 of his friends and had them all write lyrics and sing lyrics over top and the album was done in you know less than a week and now he's kind of locally selling copies of the album and you know sending uh sending the proceeds to organizations that could use it now you know And, and it's just you know, someone would never do that if, unless this was happening, you know, and then totally. it, it's a really cool, a really cool thing that I've, I've been really um, seeing a lot of, and it's really inspired me to jump on it too. Cause I mean, you know, I, I've, I, you know, it, enjoy this weird time of being at home right now and having nothing to do other than stay inside with my family, you know, and it is nice, but you, you get complacent if you don't start um, you know, finding an outlet for, you know, as, as you know, myself, like I'm a creative person, that's my job, you know? So if I don't, if I don't find ways to outlet that creativity, I, it starts to get pent up and I get, you know, this weird energy and, and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 I gotta do it. You know, I, I gotta, unfortunately I've been working on building a, a second bathroom in my basement for the last couple of weeks. So Rock and roll. Kinda, I've been kind of caught up on that creativity, you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, it, it's, um, it, yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Uh, the, yes, there's a time and a place for everything. So get that bathroom fixed. Um, <laughs> I got a few questions. So, so for those that are listening that don't know, uh, my previous 
podcast I was involved with was, was pretty much all of 2019. I was third man in and I had Steve on as a guest. So we, on that show, we would generally go chronologically like through the person's career, whatever they did in their life, I guess, some memoirs kind of thing, biography. But um, you've been on A and I had a lot of people, I just put it out on my Instagram story today. If anybody had a question for former guest, Steve Kiley, current guest, I guess. Um, and I've got six of them right off the hop and they're not bad. So Steve, okay. uh, do your best to answer some of these and I'm just glancing, but they seem all right. Okay. Okay. First question from Sam in Freddie beach. That would be Fredericton, New nice. Brunswick. For those that don't know, do you play any other instruments other than drums? Yes, I do. Actually. Um, the, I, I started playing the first instrument I played was the piano. My, my parents got me into that at about the age of five or, or six. And uh, I, I did that for years. Uh, I, I got, I, I took it up to my, they said if I got my grade six conservatory, uh, you know, qualification in piano, I could, I could quit. So I worked really hard to get there and pass that so I could quit because it was at that time in my life, I didn't want to sit, sit down on a piano and rehearse scales and, and, you know, practice these like conservatory pieces or anything. But, uh, but it was act. It was a great foundation for all the other music that I've gotten into in uh, in my career. I I played uh, guitar for years after that uh, in high school. I took some guitar courses and and the first band that I played in, I played bass in the band. So so drums. I didn't start playing drums till I was about twenty, about eighteen years old. But um, I when I write tunes, I'm usually sitting with a guitar or at the piano keyboard. Not bad. That's interesting. I knew the piano. I didn't realize you played bass. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, and you know what? When the next time I have you back, we're going to delve into this because we're going to have Steve back a few times. I'm planning on once every quarter or so. Uh, if that's all right with you, buddy. Uh, next question. I'd love to. If you could pick one memory, woo, if you could pick one memory to take to the afterlife, what would it be? And this and asterisk must be music related. So I guess something from your music career. Your, your best memory and lack of a better way to explain it. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I, I had this, uh, <clears throat> I had this great day, uh, on tour, um, with Alice in Chains where basically me and, uh, me and Brando, the keyboard player in, in my band, um, we basically spent the whole day with, uh, with Jerry Cantrell and uh and mike inez um from the from the band we went and first we ended up traveling on their bus overnight where to, were you guys uh, we were somewhere i think we were in like south dakota some somewhere in the in the northern u.s so many stories uh, start like that i think we were in yeah, south dakota yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was wherever there's black sand in the sand traps there, there's one state or a couple states or there's one section of u.s where they have black sand, which I thought was really cool. But uh, we, we played golf all day. Then we went out for dinner and we went out and played pool after that. It was just like a complete day with these guys who were complete legends in my mind. Like Jerry Cantrell, you know, the, he, he's, he's, you know, he's Jerry Cantrell, you know. It, it's, uh, and, and just to be able to really spend a day and break down the barrier of we're the opening band, they're the headlining band, and just be, be – buds and be on the same level as them and, and talk about things other than the band and the tour and, and, and get to know them as people. You know, that was a, that was a really special, uh, special experience for me. I, 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 those are always my favorite moments when I can be with, you know, someone that I, you know, I, I look up to and really break down that, that barrier and just talk to them like they're, you know, just like me and you were talking right now, you know, those, uh, those moments are always the best for me. Have you ever passed out and how do you prepare from Shane and Victoria? I think, I think he means when you're on stage playing drums, does it ever get overwhelming? Like, you know, you gotta, I'm guessing that's what it seems like from the question. Uh, it, I have because of heat before, never because of like nerves or anything like that heat yeah um, so tell me about that that's interesting yeah it, it, there's there's been some shows you know you you 
you, say you're playing a summer show in a club with, that has old the old parkan lights as opposed to the new LED lights that don't produce any heat. You know, like so. Oh, you know, yeah. you combine you combine you know 30 degree weather with a club with no air conditioning. Oh, yeah. Pack pack a few hundred people in there and then have these basically these oven lights just pointing right at you for an hour and a half. There, there's been a few times where. I started to kind of see stars and get lightheaded a little bit, but you know, I've, I've luckily I've never, you know, fallen backwards off the stool yet. <laughs> and with those times when you got lightheaded, uh, this is my question, I guess, would, would that be before or after you quit boozing? Did that would be, you know what? It, it, it never, it never really, I don't think it had much to do with it other than, the effect it had on my general health because I would never drink before I played. You know, even when I when I was yeah. heavy into boozing, I I was able to uh, I was able to kind of hold it off until um, till after well at least till after we get on stage. You know, uh, the first beer I'd have would always be once I sat down and we started playing, and and uh, so it was never a matter of alcohol making it harder or anything like that. Uh, this question comes from. Peter in St. John's, he listened to your first interview clearly. So he's asking you, do you find it hard to stay off the bottle? Uh, I guess no, you can explain I, to people, I guess, that might be listening to this for the first time. You haven't, you haven't had a beer or a drink for how long? Yeah, so it's, it's, been, uh, it's been about three and a half years um, since, I've, since I've had a drink. And uh, it, it, was, it was not hard. Um, initially not as hard as I thought it was going to be uh, I had because um, I had a great reason for doing it and I also had and what was that reason uh, it, it was just I, I needed to I, I needed to, to to make sure my life didn't fall apart okay so, that's a great reason um, and and I had great support uh, right out of the right out of the gate from my wife um, who who didn't drink with me for you know she she still basically you know can have one one or two drinks a month you know and uh and kind of stick to that which you know i i don't i i'm not i'm not there i i still i'm completely off you know i don't know if i ever will go back on but but my uh my wife uh justine has been an incredible support on that front and that has made it you know exponentially easier you know, if, if I, if I had a partner that was still, you know, still, you know, get drinking and, and getting drunk, you know, on a fairly regular basis, I think that would make it a lot harder because, you know, when, when I, when I go back on the road and, you know, I'm surrounded by, you know, they, the, I'm the only one in our band or crew that doesn't drink, you know, and, and we're, and we're surrounded by free cases of beer and bottles of wine and bottles of whiskey, like constantly, you know, so. It, it it gets a little tougher on the road, but but uh, only because of the annoyance of it now. You know what I mean? I I, I think I'm kind of past the point of really wanting to, to wanting to drink. It, it's um, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's definitely easier at home when it's it's not around me at all. Good answer. Um, what was your favorite part about touring with Deep Purple? My favorite part about touring with Deep Purple was... Um, Sorry, that comes from Carla and Antigonish. I should have said that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, cool. Antigonish. That's where my wife went to school. Ah, there you go. Um, um, so I, my favorite part was, um, you know, every, every night... Uh, at catering, I would ha happen to wander into dinner at the, at the exact same time as Don Airy, the keyboard player. Um, and he's been, uh, he replaced John Lord, who was the original keyboard player of Deep Purple. He replaced him back in, I think, maybe 2005 or in and around there. Um, so he's been in the band for a long time. And before that, he played with uh, Ozzy Osbourne, um, Sabbath uh rainbow um all these crazy classic rock metal bands from back wow. in the day uh and and he is one of the nicest gentlemen i've ever i've ever talked to 
he has this really, really uh, awesome, you know, kind of posh English accent. And, uh, he, and he just loves to talk. He, he's, he's one of those people who, when you're talking to him, he'll ask about you. He doesn't just talk about, you know, you know he, he could talk about himself for, for weeks on end. He's had so many incredible experiences. But he, he really is good at, you know, actually conversing and, and um, you know, finding out about each other and becoming friends rather than, you know, you're Steve, I'm Don Aaron, you think I'm super cool and that's how it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we would, uh, we would just happen to wander in at, it was six o'clock every night. We, that's when I'd go have dinner and he'd, he'd usually be in the door, you know, within a couple minutes of, of me and we'd sit down and we'd just chat for, for a good half hour, 40 minutes every night at dinner. And it was, uh, that was probably the best. I, I still keep in touch with him, you know, to this day. And, uh, and just watching, you know, and watching them play, obviously, from a, from a vantage point that you can't get from just standing in the crowd. You know, they'd let us go up on the stage and hang out behind the, the stacks of cabs and get cool, you know, views of behind the scenes. And, yeah, it was... Uh, Is that was a rare? Of- Does that happen a lot? Like, when, when, the, when bands tour together, uh, how much of it is camaraderie and how much is, is cut and dry? It really depends on the band. Like okay. I've, I've had both, you know, like there's been some bands where, you know, we could be on tour with them for a month and I'll have one conversation with one person in the band the whole time. You know, there, there are those bands out there that when they're out on the road, they're, they're out doing their job and they keep to themselves and they, they got their routine and they got their world and they just stay in that, you know, but, but there are, there are also those bands you know, that have guys like Don in it that are outwardly looking for, you know, new relationships with people, you know, like Nickelback was like that when we, we toured with Nickelback for, well, we've toured with them three times, but we were out with them for two and a half months one time in Europe. And, uh, and we were just, we were, you know, great buds with all those guys by the end of that tour. They, they, they just wanted to be such good friends. They brought us out on stage during their set. We had, Ryan Peake, their guitar player, came out and played with us on during our set. You know, it, it was uh, nice. very, very friendly. Yeah, but you know, it's not always like that. It it really just depends on the band. You, you I know, guess that, that's all. That's always kind of the how the first you know week of the tour is spent is kind of putting the feelers out and sussing sussing out yeah. what kind of what kind of people you're with. You know. Yeah, I guess I see what you mean. I like like anything. Uh, yeah like there's there's good leaders in hockey bad leaders there's good teams bad teams yeah 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 i'm I'm, I'm sure there's you know and and the and the 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 crew the behind the scenes workers too you know it's the same with them they they can be sometimes they're just great and super helpful and they'll they're they're, you know you need something they got it or sometimes they're like i'm not here to work for you you're on your own buddy you know and and it's a very you know it it, it tends to be less that you know there are everyone's kind of rooting for each other out in the music industry. You know, it's not as, uh, it's not as competitive as I, I think it maybe used to be, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's real hit or miss, you know? Uh, totally. What's your favorite three bands from beef stew in Barbados? <laughs> Ooh, beef stew. Good question. Uh, well, you know what? I'm not just saying this cause I'm talking to you, but the Beatles are definitely up there. Um, rage against the machine. Beauty. Who, uh, who are, you know, I have tickets for in July. I don't I hope that show is going to happen. I doubt it, but it's Yeah, great. I know, man. I've, I've been waiting literally my, my whole life for that. Oh, you haven't seen them? And that, where are you going to see them? I've, I've never seen them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm away. Uh, well, who knows? All this stuff's up in the air now. But when the, they, they're actually playing in Hamilton, like five blocks from my house. But I'm scheduled to be away, so I had to get tickets for Detroit, which is which will still be cool. I mean, but you Detroit know. Detroit's only three hours down the road. There, us. there is a world out there where you guys could open up for them. Yeah, man, that that would be. I, I could I could die the next day if that happened. It That's, would work. Uh, you know what I man. mean? It, it would yeah. work. That, yeah. I, I I'm not going to say I haven't dreamt about that numerous nights. <laughs> well, good luck. Uh, so that's so, two rage. That's two. Beatles. Um, and, um, you know what? The Grateful Dead. Wow. Now that surprised yeah. me. Not that I don't like the Grateful Dead. I didn't realize you would have them so high ranked. Uh, when, yeah. what, for what reason? Great answer, well, by the way. Well, well, you know what? I, um, thanks. My, uh, 
So I, I, I never was into them that much growing up. And then uh, when I met my wife, uh, she is from a family of deadheads. Her parents, they've, they've been to hundreds and hundreds of dead shows. They spent, they spent you know, their summers driving around following the dead in North America. They had a converted school bus that they would drive around in and they would just you know, go on tour with them, basically. And like my, my wife, Justine has seen, she saw Jerry Garcia numerous times before he died. And, wow. and uh, so that's how I got into them. And it's really, that's the kind of band that they are. It, it, you, you gotta, you gotta be exposed to them by someone who knows about them and cares. And once you get that ball rolling, it, it you just dive in, you know, it's, uh, it's that, that band was all about, uh, community and you know love and uh, acceptance and and they and not to mention their their songwriting was very unique you know they 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 come across as a pretty pretty simple band when you listen to them but if you really look at the music and really dissect it and really look at what they're doing and how they're playing and, and singing it, it's it's really impressive and uh, it's it had a huge impact on me kind of um, getting to know about that whole deadhead culture over the past, you know, 10 years. And, uh, I'm, I'm right in there, like to the point where, you know, I, I would put them up there in, in one of my favorite bands. Good to know for a future Christmas present, maybe who knows uh, last <laughs> yeah. two questions from TikTok Timmy in Boise, Idaho. First hey, one is, hey. he said, you told a story about singing on stage with guns and roses. What city was that in? Uh, it was playing tambourine on stage with Guns N' Roses, actually. Okay. I wish I sang. I don't think Axel would give me a mic. <laughs> but uh, but um, so. it, was, uh, uh, it was in Quebec City. It was at a, at a festival they have called Festival Dete there. Indoors, outdoors? Uh, outdoors. There's like 90,000 people. It was at, at, wow. the, Plains of Abraham, at the uh, Plains of Abraham in uh, Quebec City. Uh, that, that's where that happened. 90,000, would that be the most you played in front of? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, we, we, when we played that day, there wasn't that many people there. But okay. uh, that, that's the most we've played in front of was maybe about 50,000 uh, a couple summers ago out in England at the Download Festival there. That but, must have uh, been something. But I mean, once you're up to between fifty and ninety thousand, it's just a sea of people. It just well, looks fifty insane, is you know? yeah. more than two Air Canada centers, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I know. It's just it's wild crazy. to think about how many people that is. Uh, and lastly, uh, before I let you go here, and we'll have you back again, what are your future goals? My future goals. Um, well, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's a tough one too. I mean, m musically. TikTok Tommy uh, got your tongue tied. TikTok Tommy got your <laughs> tongue tied by TikTok Tommy. <laughs> uh, well, it, musically, my goals are to get into production. Uh, I, I, I've really, um, you know, over the past, you know, decade of, of doing this. I mean, I've been, I've been doing this for about 20 years. And, you know, I'd say the last half of that, I've been getting way more into the the creation and and fine tuning and honing of songs why not is that? just uh, uh you know what i i i love playing drums but it's not it's not music it's not creatively satisfying enough for me to just work on being a, a like a, a faster drummer with better fills and you know what i mean like i i, I i've always i've always approached drums in a way where I, I'm thinking about the song. I'm not thinking about, I want people to think I'm a great drummer, you know? I, I want people to think, oh, this song sounds great. Like, that's all I care about. And, and, and I, I, I work with, you know, a, a huge part of my creative uh, process is working with melodies and harmonies and things like that. And, and that, that's how I really, you know, get my creativity out there and satisfy that urge to to, um, you know, have, have an outlet for that. And, and I've, I've started working with, with younger bands in the area and, and even playing with other musicians, uh, in, in this, you know, around here. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm really getting into writing and, and arranging and, and producing and, and things like that. And, and that, that's kind of where, where I see myself, 
going I, I mean by no means are my like i i want to play obviously i want to play music as long as i can you know i monster truck's not going anywhere but uh you know it, it it's going to um the spectrum's going to broaden a little bit in uh, terms of where i have my hands in uh, in music you know uh so musically that's what i see and and you know like my goal is to you know raise my son and into being an amazing person and have a great relationship with my wife and and just be happy you know that's that that's all i need i'm a, i'm a pretty simple guy i i don't need i don't need lots of money i don't need don't need nice cars i i i just want to be happy you know so and and to me family is family is a huge part of that and uh that's that's what i really work on a lot you know uh totally and that's why you're a good guy steven you're always welcome here and uh we got to end it there it's just time time flew and we'll have you back just for yeah. today's purposes uh, i wanted to keep it under a half hour uh it's been great talking to you again buddy uh good luck good luck with all this and i guess just keep in touch yeah terry always a pleasure talking to you man and uh we'll keep in touch like we always do and uh yeah stay safe out there say hi to your family and um yeah we'll, we'll talk again soon i will and uh, you know at the end of all this remember change allows us to exit the uncomfortable and enter the improved so i do believe uh i do believe that's actually a quote and i should have you know what, Google that, I don't have the time right now, but someone said that I had that written down on the inside of one of my exercise books from university six or seven years ago. And I always liked that quote. Uh, That's a great quote, yeah. Uh, I, but I, you know, you always come out of it stronger, right? It, 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 it builds character and you come out stronger, in other words. Yeah, I'm thinking positively, man. We're gonna come out of the other side of this uh, in a better place, uh, socially and as a community. I, I, really do, I really do think so. Okay, brother, well, listen, keep in touch, stay safe. And, uh, you know, let it ride out. We're all in this together. And it's good to talk to you today, Stevie, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Terry. And there you have it, folks. Interesting cat, my buddy Steve Kiley. You'll uh, stay tuned and you'll hear more from him in the future. I plan on having him back. I'd like to thank Newfoundland Ice Dogs, Penny Posh, Wedgwood Cafe, CoolHockey.com. Go to CoolHockey.com, type in the promo code THPN. For a discount on just about any purchase, if you want to visit us at patreon.com, it's patreon.com slash the Hockey Podcast Network. Remember, if you order from Penny Posh, Penny Posh Designs, I will throw in a signed picture, a signed card, and my father, Terry Ryan Sr., Minnesota Fighting Saints, will throw in a signed picture as well. So thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back in a couple days. Tales with TR, Episode 10. That's a wrap. Good luck. Cheers. Be safe out there.